0: We are here wherever you are and however you may be listening to the show, whether it's through your iPhone, your Android phone, your iPad, your tablet, your computer, whatever that device may be, you are locked in to the number one form of conversation when you talk Alabama football fresh. Off oh, the NFL Draft, I'm yours truly, Stephen M. Smith, the man John Ivory in the production studio. Welcome in to In My Own Words, Touchdown Alabama Magazine, bringing this to you from the magic city of Birmingham, streaming this to you on YouTube, and speaking of the channel, stop what you're doing right now, hit that subscribe button, smash, subscribe right now, get all of your friends, family members, diehard Bama fans, casual Bama fans, college football, fans to subscribe as well because if you love the content they will also don't forget to give a like on the show hit that thumbs up smash that like button let's get this thing up to 50 likes right now appreciate you the bama fans making this your show your network platform channel and space to talk your Crimson Tide. Be sure to turn all of those post notifications on, hit that little bell so that way you miss nothing, absolutely nothing when it comes to your favorite program, that being Todd Football, we also got you covered here on Facebook and Twitter streaming to you, the show. We'll not have my man Patrick P. Money down today, but the breaking news reporter for TDA will be back next Monday. But hey, we got a lot of stuff to get to tonight and conversations and talking and dialogue. And we want to hear from you, the passionate fans of Bama football. You can do this by calling 205-448-1358. But I'm going to call in. To let your voice be heard on the show tonight 205-448-1358 one more time 205-448-1358 want to hear from you at daily super chat go 75 dollars daily super chat go my man tobias Brookins from fresno california already taking care of the goal by himself put the hay in the barn john ivory 100 dollars coming in from tobias harris that Benjamin Franklin slided on through here. Appreciate that love there from Tobias. Also, question of the day in the chat right now. Which Bama alum went to the best spot in the NFL draft? Want to get interactions from you, the fans. Which Bama alum from the draft over the weekend went to the best spot for them as these young men and their families' lives changed forever? after what took place over the weekend. But we're getting the topic number one here of tonight's conversation. And uh, on uh, yesterday, that being Sunday at 5.14 p.m. Central Time, new defensive back, new cornerback for Alabama, Eli Ricks, transferred from LSU, got himself into a little bit of a rough situation. According to the Jones County uh, Sheriff's Department, he was arrested, uh, and uh, he was arrested for speeding, uh, having no insurance on the car, providing no insurance on the car, and uh, marijuana was involved in this as well. And his bond was set at zero dollars. And typically, when uh, these situations happen, you think, "Oh no! Oh snap! What happened?" Gotta have better judgment. Gotta use better judgment. Gotta be more responsible. And for me, I'll say this, typically in the offseason, in the Saban era, we have seen these mishaps here that have happened to players. I go back to 2009. Remember, prior to the 09 season, defensive lineman Brandon Dedrick got shot in the arm and it ricocheted from his arm to his leg in a robbery attempt. And uh, you know, we didn't know if Dedrick was going to be able to play. And uh, Detrick not only played, was a huge factor on the team that went on to win a national championship. I remember prior to the 2017 season, uh, Raquan Davis, another defensive lineman, got shot in the leg at bar 17 in Tuscaloosa. I uh, didn't think he was going to be able to play, but he ends up playing. Had a big season in 2017, and Bama won a national championship. And then I remember prior to the 2016 season, it was Cam Robinson and Lawrence Hootie-Jones in the car riding around Louisiana. They get pulled over for firearm in the car and weed involved in that thing, too, and uh, then I remember you know, Gino Smith, one year, got two DUIs in the offseason prior to the season starting, uh, I think it was 2018, where Deontay Thompson, they lumped his name in there with the brawl that took place spring break down there in Texas. So normally this off season, during the offseason, we see things like this happen. Now, not justifying it, not justifying it, not glorifying it, not glamorizing it by any sense of the imagination – I'm just saying, typically, in the offseason, we see these types of bumps in the road, these types of mishaps come up. Now, these particular players that I've just rattled off were able to endure it, uh, go through it, be better from the mistake, learn from the mistake, and become uh, you know better individuals for that. And when you look at Eli Ricks here, the question becomes, how does Coach Saban handle it? Now, with this being... Rick's his first offense. He's never been in any real trouble. He's never been a problem individual. So, with this being his first offense, normally we all get the Nick Saban by Bob. Uh, this will be handled in house. This will be handled internally. We'll take care of this how we see fit to take care of this. And normally, when it's the first offense, how to save him, take care of it. He gives the young man a stern warning. Hey, better not do that again. This better not happen again. He gives the young man a stern warning. There will be the disciplinary of uh, the police ride alongs the disciplinary of uh, having him speak to elementary schools junior high schools high schools and making him kind of the poster child of hey when you do the wrong thing uh, there are consequences that come behind that and the better in the best way to not have those consequences is to think before action is to think before doing is to think before whatever you proceed to do what what Happen so. Uh, with this being Rick's first offense, I don't expect Saban to throw the hammer on down. I expect stern warning and then the ride-alongs and speaking to uh, the local high schools and people out there. And 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 Rick's to me comes off as a guy that. You, you may kind of see in his face that he's remorseful, that he's toe up about what he did and, and frustrated about what he did and, and, and angry with himself and bothered by his actions himself. And normally when you have a guy that distributes that character of, man, I messed up, dog, I hate that, and they feel toe up about themselves, then the coach even more so feels like, okay, the, the guy's remorseful. We'll, we'll give him that stern warning. We'll figure out how can we – know, sort of get past this, but if Ricks is showing the demeanor of he's tore up about his own mistake himself, then definitely I do not see Saban uh, throwing the hammer down on the man uh, too severely because this is the first offense. But we will see how Coach Saban goes about it, how this is handled, and uh, for Ricks, him being able to move uh, uh, from this thing, move from this situation, and uh, get back into you know working hard in summer workouts, working hard in fall camp, because he's trying to be uh, a starting corner. For uh, the Crimson Tide, he had a really good spring in the A-Day game. I go back to he had five tackles, kept plays in front of him. Uh, fans were really excited about what he was able to provide. Once again, not justifying his actions from what happened over the weekend, but just simply stating that you know him having this chance to bounce back from it, reassess some things, reassert himself, and be better because of it. Taking the negative. And turning it, turn it into a positive, whether that being those ride-alongs or that being him embracing young people and reaching out to young people, and you know, helping to turn their life around. I turn turning this issue into a positive thing. But we're gonna take our first break here on the show. People don't touch that down. just getting started. When we get back, we go on the phone lines, we grab your calls, your thoughts, your viewpoints, your ideas, and let your opinion be made known. You can make that happen right after this.
1: You're watching In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith, brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Get your four finger bling necklace today by visiting WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com. Throw them foes up. Nine players have teamed up and released the Alabama team paper
0: We're back into the action here from the break on a Monday. Getting that work week started off for you correctly. Moving smoothly through the offseason. Coming off a pretty cool NFL draft. Yours truly, Stephen M. Smith. Touchdown, Alabama Magazine. In my own words, guys, shout out my man, Big Bill. Bill from New York with that $5 donation. The Super chat showing love right there. Appreciate that from Bill. Also appreciate you, the fans. Wishing me a happy uh, engagement. So uh, I did pop the question over the weekend. Uh, My girlfriend, lovely girlfriend, now fiance, Miss Mia Clark, did say yes. I ripped my pants during the engagement. Got some laughs there from my sisters, but it was good. It was good, and appreciate you, the fans, congratulating uh, my congratulating me on this uh, entire endeavor here. But we go to the phone lines to take your calls. The call statement brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. And I'm going to call in and let your voice be heard, 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205 205- 448-1358, we grabbed this call here, you're live on the show, what's going on, how are you feeling, state your name, and where you calling from? Hey, how's it going, sir? Doing great, and yourself?
3: I'm doing good, this is Tobias from Fresno, sir. I didn't know what they were talking about when they said engagement.
0: <laughs> Congratulations, man. I appreciate it, man. It 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 was good, man. It was was fantastic. Like I said, um, got some laughs there from my sisters, but it it was all in love. It was it was awesome. Well, that's a blessing, and I just pray God speed on you. And you know
3: the the word says a man who finds a wife finds a good thing, man.
4: Absolutely, absolutely.
3: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I thought I had it going on before I met my wife. And man, the Lord just has blessed me so much, you know, through faithfulness to her, and and it's just been a joy, and our kids, and just everything. So, man, just just congratulations on that. You, it, when I saw her that, it almost derailed my my thoughts about calling, uh, you know, what I was going to talk about. But no, man, God bless you, bro, and. And we'll be praying for you, and um, I can't wait to see. Maybe you'll put some pictures up later on, or or something. Because you know, even though we weigh on in Fresno, you know, we still you know supporting and and just uh, love love everything that that uh, you are, man. To all of us, all right. And, Absolutely. Um,
4: with,
3: with the draft, you asked about the draft. I, you know, obviously pretty cool to see those first two, um, Evan Neal, um, he he was the best and is the best in the draft, the best uh, lineman in the draft. And I was glad to actually see him go to New York. And I think he probably, uh, probably a right tackle, um, is going to just, you know, be a a pro. He's going to be a pro, um, you know, all pro guy. And um, Jamo, it was it was a trip to see him going to the Lions. I believe that was the Lions he went to, um, and to show that even though injured, I do believe that he was the most electric uh, wide receiver in the draft. And Alave and and uh, Wilson, I believe it was that they're, they're am- amazing. But I believe uh, Mo was awesome um, to the. Uh, my My most excited draft choice was b rob, and so just the way he sacrificed um kept his head to the ground, kept grinding out, shows what perseverance can do for you man i'm excited for that kid and I, and I just hope that he goes in there and does um, you know you know just goes in there, makes the team contributes and has a long career, running back career is a very short, but hope he has like a good career, five or more years in the NFL. Um, just like I love the story of Levi Wallace, I remember when he got picked up, I was just like, man, I was all in because it's one of those stories that we love to hear and I think young people need to hear about. And then uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Eli Ricks, you know, very unwise of the young man, um, you know, with the whole marijuana and the and the and the speeding and all of that stuff. But I would say, um, you know, see I, I you know, without giving too much away, you know, when I was in college, um, I remember a situation where me and a, a very popular uh he went on played in the NFL and we were out at a at a club and someone was kind of antagonizing him and cause they knew we were athletes and, and I came from nothing, man. So I was always walking on eggshells, trying to watch it. When I went off to college, my grandparents told me, don't come back with, with no mess. And they meant it. So I already knew that it was not going to be good, but he ended up getting into a fight. I jumped into the fight. Before you know it, both of us are sitting on the side of the curb. Police have us on the side of the curb, man. And he was sad, but I was in tears, bro. And and I'm not like a cry boy, baby boy. I, I was I was in tears, Steve, because I'm already knowing that I ain't got no place to go back to. And um, I I just thought it was it. And the police officers. I went through everybody else. They was putting them in the back of the police cars, driving them off, driving them off. They came to me and this gentleman, and uh, they said, get up. They picked us up. You know, we were handcuffed, picked us up, and they walked us to the side of the building, and they said, you boys play for so-and-so, don't you? And I said, yes, sir. They said, what's your name? said, Tobias, sir. What's your name? Gave his name. They said, we already called your coach. And he said, he's meeting y'all in the stadium at 6 a.m. in the morning. They uncuffed us, and we went to our car and went home. And the punishment, I ain't never loved running 80,000 bleachers in my life. I ran them with joy. (laughs) But our coach was able to teach us a lesson, and had he thrown me away, I, I would not be the man that I am today. And I believe that Nick Saban and other coaches like him, especially when we start talking about social justice and all of this, these young people did social justice and all of this stuff. But I would say this, about Black Lives Mattering.
4: I'm, I'm, not, I'm not down with the
3: organization, but the, the, the phrase about Black Lives Mattering, Nick Saban and coaches like that have done more for us as black athletes than any of these agencies or anything like that because they helped us become men and they made sure we got an education and they're right it's a 40-year plan and not a four-year plan so I hope that Eli Ricks finds his way gets mercy and Nick Saban is able to contribute to the pool of millionaires that he has placed on our life trajectory for success anyway I know everyone in the chat are always talking about the preacher All oh, I am a preacher, but I'll stop right there. Have a blessed day, sir,
0: and everybody out there, roll tide. Appreciate Tabaz calling in from Fresno, giving his thoughts here on a Monday. We grabbed this call here. You're live on the show. What's going on? How are we feeling? State your name, and where are you calling from?
2: Roll Tide Roll from Coleman, Alabama. It's your boy, Chris, with Ballard Sports Media. Hey, congrats on that engagement, Stephen. How you doing? Doing good,
0: Chris. Appreciate it, man. I'm uh, smiling, man. Doing fantastic. I mean, happy about the draft. Just a lot of good stuff going around.
2: Yeah, man, for sure. I'd say a big winner was uh, our guy Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith. I don't know if you kept up with all of it. But the Tennessee Titans, I don't have the whole trade in front of me. But A.J. Brown going to Philadelphia for Jalen Hurts for another weapon alongside Smitty, uh, that's got to be a huge pickup.
0: It, it, it's, it's a huge pickup, Chris. And uh, Jeff Laurie and Howie Roseman are basically telling Jalen Hurts, look, bro, we believe in you. We're putting this on you. You've got Devontae Smith. Now we're giving you one, another freakish athlete at receiver at 6'1", 226. A.J. Brown can make circus catches. We're putting the ball in your court, Jalen.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I got a couple things to say. Um, I'll say our biggest threat this year on the schedule, it might be a and I know that they just signed this big-time recruiting class. I know they're young, but They also bring a lot back from what they had last year that beat us. So I'm not going to overlook the Aggies coming to Tuscaloosa. But then I also got a big-time question for you right here. Where do you see uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry uh, fitting in as a possible starter this year? I know we lost a couple secondary guys. Is he a full-time guy uh, that we go to on defense this year, and how do you think it pans out? I think he really can be, up, Chris,
0: because Kool-Aid, kool well, he made the all-SEC freshman team just a season ago. He had a really good spring, was working with Justin Woodall, former Bama safety on fine-tuning the details and playing corner. Now, some people question, does Kool-Aid have the speed to be a boundary guy? And that's debatable. But if the speed is there for Kool-Aid, I can see it. Because the size is there, the physicality is there, the tackling ability is there. It's just as he had that top-end speed to where if he was to get B, can he catch back up?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, and I think guys like that are just going to get better as they, you know, practice and work hard in college. And, um, I mean, I think when he was on the field last year, it wasn't every game, but when I saw him out there, I saw a guy, like you said, with great speed and just competitive toughness, as Coach Sabin's always preaching about for the team. Um, I think big things are looking up for Jaquincy this year. And really, overall, um, that, like you said, and a couple people have said, like this could possibly be, and it's saying a lot, but this might very well be one of the most dangerous defenses Nick Saban has produced since his tenure began in 20, uh, 2007. But thanks for taking my call. I love all you guys. Roll Tide, Bama Nation. Appreciate Chris Ballot Sports Media
0: calling in there. Also, don't forget about Kyrie Jackson. Kyrie had a good spring, too. Two pass breakups, six or seven tackles during that spring game. Do not sleep on Kyrie Jackson, also. We take this call here. You're live on the show. What's going on? How are we feeling? State your name and where you're calling from.
5: Hello, Steven. Bill from New York. Congratulations, man. I'm Bill, so I, happy for you.
0: Bill, I appreciate it, man. Absolutely. I'm ha- happy man right now, but even happier that I got the man from the Big Apple calling in here.
5: <laughs> All right. Well, Stephen, let me ask. Six Bama players drafted. Six drafted. You know how I always talk about last year's team. We had six in the first round last year and then two more in the second round. Six players drafted. And this in a week, which I I rate as an extremely weak draft. And I just got to say, this points to to me. This points to the greatness of Saban. And quite frankly, maybe we overlook the entire staff sometimes because a lot of people had to do a good job to get this team into a title game when we lost all those great players. And you know, it just makes me proud. Uh, Now. Oh, by the way, I, I, let me just say first, the call by Tobias was probably one of the best things I heard on any show, anywhere. It's an honor to be in the show with you guys. Now, n- next I want to get to uh, Rick's. I wish he was listening because I got some good advice for him. You know, there's times in life where you've got to keep your mouth shut. One place is in court, and the other place is with Nick Saban. When you go into Saban, you've got to be contrite, Listen to what the man says. He's going to help you if you listen to what he says. And in court, you go to court. Look, I've seen murderers, mafia gangsters, the toughest guys that would kill somebody and go have breakfast. And, you know, they go to court and they would shut up. They would just shut up. because the judge is the man or person who sentences you. So you need to shut up and just say, yes, your honor and all of that, you know. And uh, Stephen, the show is great just doing such a great job, and I'm happy again. Now I got some advice for you. Okay. You're getting married and everything. Sometimes you want want to get into as few arguments as possible because always ask yourself the question, what would you rather be, happy or right? So you don't have to make a point. It's It's not going to help you anyway. Just go with it as much as you can, and good luck, and God bless, brother.
0: Appreciate my man Bill from New York calling in. Great, great stuff there from my man Bill. And from all of you calling in so far to the show, we're going to take this call here. You're alive on the show. What's going on? How are we feeling? State your name and where you calling from.
6: Steven N. Smith. It's Justin Riley. Congratulations, brother. Very excited for you. And I already talked to Marvin Constant and Bo Scarborough and Steve Brown. And we're all collectively going to crash the wedding, so get ready for that. <laughs> so, y'all, so, 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 so Justin so
0: if I hear this correctly are, are y'all going to replay wedding crashes are y'all doing
6: that we, we're we're redoing it and we're going to make it a hundred times better so get ready for it man but uh <laughs> in regards to the draft you know, the players who are going to be the best fit right now I gotta automatically go to John Mechie and Christian Harris they'll have a, an opportunity to make an immediate impact on their teams but as far as the rest of the draft, there are a couple of teams that stuck out in relation to Bama players. One, uh, the Raiders drafting Zamir White, you know, and, and what that means to Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs. And it was said throughout the weekend that the Raiders did not want to pick up Josh Jacobs' uh, fifth-year option. They're they're so bound and determined to separate themselves from the previous coaching regime, as if Josh Jagus was the problem. Well, Josh Jacobs was the focal point of the offense, and he made it go. So why in the world would you try to disrupt that? And Zamir White's an excellent player, loved watching him play when he wasn't playing against Alabama. He's definitely an asset, but uh, why do you want to bring someone in there to possibly dethrone your top guy? And then uh, the other side was the Patriots. They drafted two running backs in the later rounds, got Pierre Strong out out of North Dakota State, then Kevin Harris straight out of the SEC from South Carolina. What does that mean uh, for Damian Harris? Uh, Another situation where Damian Harris had an excellent year. Matter of fact, I think he's one of the leaders in touchdowns scored. So what does it mean to these former Alabama alums who we, we thought had solidified jobs? Well, the
0: NFL, Justin, is its own monster. And when you talk about it, the the continuity in the NFL is different than the continuity in college. And for, for Josh Jacobs, just to signal him out for a minute here, we're talking about a two-time 1,000-yard back, 2019 and 2020. And in this past season, he finished ninth in the league in touchdowns with nine. And when you got a guy like Derek Carr, who – No, he's not an Aaron Rodgers. He's not a Tom Brady. He's not one of these tier one quarterbacks. But he's still really, really good. And uh, Josh Jacobs takes a lot of pressure off of Derek Carr. So I don't understand why the Raiders organization chose to not pick up the fifth-year option on Josh Jacobs, but draft Zamir White. Are they trying to have the Alabama-Georgia rivalry, even in a fail? I mean, that remains to be seen. And then with New England— this was a weird draft for the Patriots because the 2021 draft was the best draft New England's had in the last what seven eight years, and then this and then this draft here they go back to doing weird stuff again. So I don't know what Belichick's doing.
6: I honestly don't think Belichick knows what Belichick's doing either. I think that uh, last year was was the uh, exception instead of the rule. And hey, who knows? Somebody may have locked him in a closet somewhere to keep him from from pressing the button, but. It's going to be interesting to see, but uh, my final thought is really excited to see big field for Darian Mathis. No, he didn't go to my Ravens. be disappointed in that. But joining his fellow Alabama brothers on the defensive lineup at Washington, man, I don't think anybody's going to gain a yard.
0: Absolutely. Appreciate my man, Justin Riley, calling into the show right there, giving his thoughts on a Monday. We grabbed this call. You're live on the show. What's going on? How are we feeling? State your name, and where you calling from?
7: How you doing? My name's Daniel. I'm calling in from Texas. Daniel, yeah, what's happening, brother? I just wanted to uh, briefly uh, make a statement about Slade Bolden. Uh, was Slade a uh, senior or did he leave early? Slade was a redshirt sh- red senior. He was a redshirt senior. Oh, okay. So could he have possibly stayed another year? He could have possibly stayed another year, and a
0: lot of people were okay.
7: encouraging him to stay another year, but he chose to go. Right. I was thinking that he maybe could have benefited from staying another year. I really felt, I really feel like uh, his number would have been called often, and, and just his development, continued development. I understand that athletes like to leave. You know, they make that personal decision, and I know that Nick Saban definitely supports them, and he also supports development. I mean, you have – um who's our running back that just left? Uh, talked about. Ryan Robinson. He, mentioned he stayed for, there you go, B-Rob. He stayed all those years, and it paid off. Um, I really feel as though uh, more players should really stay and develop. Uh, but these days, if, if, you know, the transfer portal, if players aren't getting their time, they like to jump. And development is so important. You know, it, it can also help increase your draft stock because if you develop, I'm pretty sure – Uh, Some of these um, scouts will see it and and they'll look for how you perform in the combine and and you may get your number called at at a high draft pick, you know, and a a high round and increase your money and continue to create value for yourselves, and yourself. And the last thing I just wanted to to, uh, pretty much say is Jalen Milro. The guy is a monster. I appreciate it watching the, uh, the spring game, uh, I'm hoping that there is something that we can do uh, to really uh, go about helping him develop uh, faster. I mean, the guy's been putting a lot of work into his size, his body. Um, You can tell that he has improved. And um, you can just tell from the spring game, um, yeah, it's not 100% full action, you know, full speed, but the guy is a monster, and you can definitely see the talent and the skill set there. And I definitely feel, yeah, you know, we have Young, uh, the Heisman Trophy winner, but you cannot sit that kind of talent on the bench for very long. Even if he is a backup, who better to learn from, you know, than Bryce Young? But the guy's a talent, and I can't wait to see him behind center. And that's all I got to say. I love the show, man. Absolutely love it. Appreciate my man Daniel from Texas
0: calling in. And I, I agree. Jalen Milrow, you have to get him on the field. You have to work him in some games. And I think this is the year where Saban will incorporate d- different packages for Milrow, whether it's, b- whether it's using him more as a runner or getting that arm involved. Because we saw in the spring game, he layered in a different style of passes. He had a fast ball. He had a curveball. ball. He had a changeup. He layered the ball in there. We saw the accuracy in the short to intermediate game. Had the 52-yard touchdown pass to uh, Christian Leary that looked very beautiful along the sideline. Now, there's still some more development to go for Milro, but what we saw from him this spring is a very positive thing. And if you're a coach saving and if you are – uh, Bill O'Brien, the creativity of we gotta work this young man even more so into this offense. But uh, getting back to the draft here before we take this call, Bama had seven guys taken. In this draft, so from this past year's team being looked at as the down year, in a down year, you win the SEC. In a down year, you get to the college football playoff title game. In a down year, you have the Heisman Trophy winner. In a down year, you got the Bronco Nagurski Award winner and Will Anderson. And in a down year, you got seven players taken in the NFL draft. Pretty darn good year, in my opinion. But we take this call here. You live on the show? What's going on? How we feeling? State your name. Where you calling from?
8: Uh, it's Brock from Mer- Meridian, Mississippi.
0: Brock, what's going on, brother? Hey, how you doing? Um, I'm
8: calling. Uh, <clears throat> I just, I just want to know your thoughts on uh this team this year. Um, uh, Bryce right, coming back. We got. Uh, Will Anderson, of course. Uh, all the guys at receiver. We got new receivers coming in. We got Tyler Harrell now. We got all these guys, you know. And uh, so I just, I just want to know your thoughts, you know, on on the guys that just came in from the transfer portal, and your thoughts on the new guys from uh, the. Um, you know, it came
0: in from out of high school. Well, as far as the guys that came in from the, from the portal, I mean, say you've here on all of these guys. Jameer Gibbs, a dynamic, game-breaking running back. You got Jermaine Burton from Georgia, compact, complete wide receiver. You got Tyler Harrell, Louisville, an absolute burner, speedster. You got Tyler Steen on the offensive line, is a veteran offensive tackle, more than likely will play left tackle. And then Eli Ricks, cornerback you've got a very experienced corner there the guys coming out of high school really like all of the guys coming out of high school and especially these guys coming in in the summer i think overall bama's got a dangerous team they got a dangerous team they got a hungry team this if everybody on this defense stays healthy this is going to be a nasty unbelievable defense this group stays healthy and if your inside linebackers moody and To'o To'o play well together. This is a nasty defense, but appreciate that call right there coming in from uh, Meridian, Mississippi there. Now, the guy that I was the most excited about from the draft that landed in the best spot, Jalen Armour Davis to the Ravens at pick 119 in the fourth round. So proud of that young man. I mean, came in 2018, uh, got hurt. His freshman year, so he didn't even get a chance to play. You know, at one point, it looked like J.A.D. was buried on the depth chart. Would he ever get a shot? Would he ever get his time? And this past season, probably, would well, not even probably, was the most consistent corner for the Crimson Tide. Had three interceptions a season ago. Really played his butt off. Went to the NFL scouting combine. Ran a 4-3, 9-40. Booking it. Had a really good pro day proud of Jalen Armour Davis, came from being hurt his freshman year, worked his tail off, did great at the Combine, and got drafted at 119 to the Baltimore Ravens, where he joins uh, uh, Marlon Humphrey and then also Slade Bolden who got picked up as an undrafted free agent by those Ravens. But we're going to go to a quick topic here. Well, before we go to a quick topic, we're going to take this call. You're live on the show. What's going on? How are we feeling? State your name where you calling
9: from. Steven M. Spencer from LaFayette, Georgia. How are you doing, sir? Doing
0: great, Spencer. Going through this offseason here. Proud of these young men and the draft that their lives changed forever, man. We're stepping into this money here.
9: That is so true. First of all, I want to congratulate you. And, uh, after, uh just a little insight after being married, uh, 20 plus years, never go to bed mad and just keep the laughter going in your relationship. Now, on a football, uh, topic real quick, I know you got, I got to get out of here. Do you not think it, God put his hands on Evan Neal, not letting him go to first round, but going to the sixth round? What do you think? Yeah,
0: yeah. Now, if if, if Evan if Evan would have went in the sixth round, that would have been
9: that would just been weird. I mean, that would have been crazy. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Not the sixth round, but six in the first round. My bad. Well,
0: I, I thought that, that I, I thought God had his hands on Evan here to go seventh overall of the Giants because he goes to Brian Dable. And Brian Dable, National Championship Offensive Coordinator with Alabama in 2017. Uh, And the Giants believe that Dable can get this franchise back to deep in the playoffs and back to a Super Bowl potentially. Now, Daniel Jones, they want to see him work as a quarterback, but Jones has been running for his life his first three to four years because the Giants' offensive line has been so terrible. Now that you get Evan Neal in here, now we can finally see what Daniel Jones is.
9: Exactly. Well, thank you for your time, sir. I'll get out of here because I know you got to move on. Thank you for your time, sir.
0: Absolutely. Appreciate my man Spencer calling in from Georgia. We take this call here. You're live on the show. What's going on? How are we feeling? State your name and where you calling from.
9: This is Curtis from Mississippi. Curtis, what's going on, brother? Everything all right, Steve. I'm listening to your show now. I, I enjoy watching the show.
3: Absolutely. Uh, what was on your mind, Curtis? I, uh,
0: what did everybody go in the draft from Alabama? Oh, where did everybody go in the draft? So Evan Neal went number seven, first round to the Giants. Jamison Williams, number 12, first round Detroit Lions. Uh, John Mechie, second round to the Texans. Uh, um, uh, Fidelia Mathis, second round to the Washington Commanders. Third round was Christian Harris to the Texans. Third round, Brian Robinson to the Commanders. And then the fourth round, Jing and Armour Davis to the Ravens. That's all right. I'm happy for them. I hope, I hope they do good. I hope they do good also. I mean, all of these young men work their butts off, and it's it's their time.
9: It's their time. Stephen, the thing I want to ask you for I go, how are we looking this year? Is this going to be a dominating
0: defense? This is this is going to be the scariest defense in the in college football if everybody stays healthy. This is going to be the scariest defense in college football. Appreciate Curtis from Mississippi there calling in to the show. And all of you guys calling in. 205-448-1358. Getting your calling on there. 205-448-1358. We got some super chats to get to. So how about this? We start the horn off with Jamie Wilhelm with that 1999. in the Super Chats appreciate Jamie. Then we got here Donnie Chappelle. Donnie Chappelle with that 49.99. In the Super Chats, appreciate Jamie and Donnie showing off the show here. Now, the topic here would be the guys that did not get their name called in the draft, but quickly found their teams as undrafted free agent signings. And those guys being Christopher Allen, getting picked up by the Denver Broncos I and mean, then you got Chris Owens getting picked up by the Pittsburgh Steelers you've got Slade Bolden getting picked up by the Baltimore Ravens you've got Josh Job getting picked up by the Philadelphia Eagles you got LeBrian Ray that went through so many injuries but stayed at the LeBron Ray getting picked up by the New England Patriots. Those five guys, kudos to each and every last one of them. We're still waiting on Daniel Wright to find an NFL home. His name has not been mentioned yet, so hopefully he will find something soon. But kudos to those guys that I mentioned finding a home in the league. We go to a quick break. We want a break here. Don't touch that down because upon our return, we get into this conversation. Who's the biggest threat? To Alabama in the upcoming season, and is it truly Texas A&M? We'll talk about that after this. We're back in here, folks, from the, or well, to the action from the break on a Monday number one show here for your Crimson Tide. In my own words, George truly, Stephen Smith, Touchdown, Alabama Magazine. Appreciate you guys calling in, texting in, writing in, donating in, chatting in, hitting the like button, subscribing, making this your show, network, platform, channel, and space to talk Bama. But now we're getting this conversation right, na- right here. Who's the biggest threat to the Crimson Tide and Coach Saban where this upcoming season is concerned? So many teams thrown out there. So many coaches thrown out there in this question. But who's truly the biggest threat? And after defeating Alabama last season at College Station, Texas, Kyle Field, the 12th man, uh, by the score of 41-38, to you look at Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher, the head coach of the Aggies, back again, trying to duplicate that success, trying to get that back-to-back win here over the Crimson Tide. And this time around, the match will be played at Bryant-Denny in So Hopefully, this will be a night game between Alabama and Texas A&M. But Jimbo Fisher, you know, he's the coach, and a and the team that, So many people have been talking about, you know, this is the biggest threat to Coach Saban. This is the biggest threat to Alabama. You look at what A&M has done with this NIL, right? $30 million of NIL brought them in the number one recruiting class in the country for 2022. Of course, that class is top heavy, but number one class in the country. So a lot of people are thinking, Jimbo Fisher and A&M, this is the biggest threat here to Nick Saban and Alabama. And as we look at Saban and Jimbo together here, for a moment. Um, uh, Saban is going... is—he. This game is circled on Saban's calendar. This game between Bama and A&M, this game is circled on the calendar. When A&M comes to Bryant-Denny, uh, this is going to be an Alabama team that's going to be ready for the Aggies. Now, of course, A&M... Uh, They've got big-time players back defensively. Now, they, they've lost pass rushers. When you look at Jaden Peavy, uh, DeMarvin Leal, they, they, they've lost pass rushers. Uh, Tyler uh, Johnson is well in there. Uh, they don't have a tight end, Jalen Weidemeyer, anymore. He's now in the NFL. Uh, they, uh, Devon A-Chain comes back. Uh, of course, Anaya Smith is back also. They did lose Isaiah Spiller to the NFL. So and m has got some guys back. They've lost some guys, but the key thing here is, when you beat Alabama, the national pundits out there really hype you up. It's when they beat Alabama, so clearly they're the team on the rise. Clearly they're the team on the ascent. Clearly they're going to be the biggest threat to Alabama coach Saban, the SEC, and the conference where you know college football is concerned. So everybody's looking at you know Texas A and M, but the chic pick. Is still Georgia being the threat here to Alabama basically because Kirby Smart returns as the reigning champion of college football to beat Alabama in the national championship game about uh, the score of 33 to 18 in that matchup back in January, Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. And while so many people and I share the sentiment of If Jamison Williams does not go down in the football game, it's a completely different outcome. But I digress from the statement. It is what it is. Bama took the loss. Bama took the L. Yes, it happened. But it's still the notion of Georgia being that biggest threat there to Alabama. But Georgia has to replace a ton of guys. 14 to 15 guys have to be replaced. And the majority of those guys on defense – you talk about Jordan Davis and uh, Nicobe Dean and Quay Walker and Trayvon Walker and uh, you know the, the guy last name signed in the defensive backfield. So several guys off that defense have to be replaced. And you look at Georgia going to be young there on defense, even offensively uh, with George Pickens gone, offensively with Samir White gone. Yes, you do return Stetson Bennett at quarterback. Yes, you do have Brock Bowers as a tight end. But in, in, a, in a quite a few spots, Georgia's going to be young. So the, the, the question will be for Georgia, will it get back to the SEC championship game? Because Florida's going to be better with uh, Billy Napier in here. other thing with Florida, will Florida really give Billy Napier time? That's the big thing there. Also, South Carolina's going to be better. Kentucky's going to be better. Uh, Tennessee! Tennessee! That's a sneaky team with what Josh Heupel has got going up there in Rocky Tops. So you got to watch that also. So Georgia going to be young in spots. But even with it being young in spots, is Kirby Smart still looked at as the chic pick? Is Georgia to the team that people say this is the biggest threat to the tie because they're coming off a national championship. Now, the wild card in all of this could be Ole Miss. Where Lane Kiffin is concerned, but we'll see what happens there. You got to replace Matt Corral at quarterback, but A&M. I feel like if you if you poll a lot of Alabama fans, that A&M game, Jimbo Fisher and Texas AM, and that's the team where Bama Nation is saying, okay, we got to beat them. I mean, they, they, they beat us in Kyle Field last season. People are talking about A&M being the bet, being the, the, the threat to Alabama. People are talking about A&M being the thorn in Alabama's side. People are really pumping up Jimbo Fisher and pumping up their top-rated, you know, 2022 class. But all of that comes to Tuscaloosa in the fall. Coach Saban, ready for this game, ready for this matchup, but not just Coach Saban, uh, the coaching staff and the players, ready for that matchup. But that's going to be a fun one to look at. It's going to be a fun one to dissect and sink our teeth into. But you ask the fans, do you feel like a and is the biggest threat to Alabama in the upcoming season? We're going to go to a break right now because when we get back, I want your thoughts, your opinions, your insight, your viewpoint on this. We talk to you, the Bama Nation, after this.
1: Don't touch that dial. Call in right now as we're taking your calls up next on In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith. Brought to you by We Owned a Fourth Quarter. Visit weownthefourthquarter.com now to get your four-finger bling necklace.
10: This is Chris Rogers, 2009 National Champion. You are listening to the baddest When I say the baddest sports show In the state of Alabama In my own words You know, yours truly that Alabama Magazine Don't touch that dial
0: You are rocking and rolling with the gang from the break here, the Touchdown Alabama Magazine gang of In My Own Words with yours truly, Stephen M. Smith, and the man John Ivory in the production studio. Appreciate you guys, all the calls, all the love, all the donations, all the chatting, the dialogue being had right here, making this your show, your network, platform, channel, and space to talk Bama we go. To take your calls right now. The call statement brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. And I'm going to call in, 205-448-1358. We take this call here. You're live on the show. What's going on? How are we feeling? State your name.
11: And where are you calling from? Hey, Stephen. This is Kyron from Albuquerque. K-Y-R-A-N. How are you doing? Doing great, Kyron. And yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, first off, I want to say congratulations on the engagement. Uh, um, as married man myself, uh, it's uh, been quite a journey. Uh, as far as um, who may pose a threat to Alabama this year, I don't personally believe anyone anyone will. Um, when you look at uh, Texas A&M, yes, they signed you know the best recruiting class ever on paper, uh, but all those guys are freshmen. You know, so I don't think they'll all be quite ready yet. Um, and if you look around the SEC, I think everyone's kind of in a in a reloading and rebuilding uh georgia that you know they lost you know 11 12 guys i, I don't think they'll have the, the experience with death uh lsu uh obviously they're not gonna be ready with uh, kelly just just recently getting in there uh auburn is auburn so we know how, that, how that's looking right now uh if you look outside the sec um i, I, th- I believe the only threat would be ohio state and uh, come playoff time um I think Clemson as a program is dead now. I think I think the game really passed. Uh, what's his name? Uh coach Coach Clemson? Uh, Dabo Sweeney. Uh, devil <laughs> Dabo Sweeney. I think I think he, I think his stubbornness allowed for college football to really pass him by as far as um, adapting. He was unwilling to adapt uh, the past few years, and we see and we see now what what's happened uh, with his program. So um, I believe I believe this year. Uh I'm like not it's gonna be easy, but I don't I don't really see anyone uh, getting, getting in, in Bama's way as as they uh, claim another title. Uh, but that's all I wanted to say. Uh once again, congratulations and thanks for taking my call.
0: Appreciate Kyron there for calling in and we take this call here. You're live on the show. What's going on? How are you feeling? State your name and where you calling from.
8: Hey Steven, this is Kyle. I'm calling in from Georgia. How are you doing today? Doing great, Kyle and yourself. I'm doing good, man. I got a question for you. When are we going to see Touchdown Alabama Magazine get some footage of Bryce Young and Tyler Harrell teaming up and kind of getting that connection so we can we can see them building a connection and we can see some speed out of the young man?
0: Well, the, the, Tyler Harrow would have to get Tyler would have to get on campus first. So he he would he would arrive on campus this summer. I believe more than likely between late this month, early June. Uh, the guys had to do seven on seven type things. So if somebody puts something on their Instagram or on their Twitter of uh, Bryce and Harrow, you know, getting that connection, we will have to pick it up from them off of the uh, off the of social media prior to fall camp coming in.
8: Oh, okay. And uh, any any word on um, Ken Cade,
0: the tight end from Utah? Any word on him? Well, he he is staying at uh, at Utah. He is staying there with the Utes. So, I mean, I, I know Nick Saban mentioned that uh, tight end is a position where Alabama could use some depth and a bit more production. We'll see how Saban goes about doing it. Maybe he will choose to develop the guys he's already got, but Ken Cade will remain in the Pac twelve with Utah.
8: All right, well, good deal. It's no big deal. I mean, we got Cameron Law too and uh, Danny Lewis. He's coming in as a freshman. He he might get a little bit. Robbie, Uts, he lo- he looked good in the spring game, but he did. He did look good? good Everything's going to be good for Bama this year. Everything's going to be good. We're going to make the way back to the SEC championship. We are just going to see who uh, the big boy is from the East this year. You know, Georgia done a little fifteen players to the NFL draft. But uh they might make it to the SEC championship. But my vote
0: on Georgia this year, they go seven and five. Seven and five for Georgia. We're we, we gonna put that down right there for Kyle. Kyle got the Bulldogs going seven and five coming off a national championship. Appreciate Kyle there for that call coming out of Georgia. We take this call. Here you're live on the show. What's going on? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from. Hello. Dude, You're not the me? show caller.
3: You're here. Alright, my name is Big Steve from uh
12: Ranch Pungamonga, California. And uh I'd like to assure you that I'm not uh, one of these uh prank callers I've
8: been watching on your last couple shows. And I'd like to say it's really
0: shameful for what they're doing to
4: yourself.
0: <laughs> Apparently, uh, that was another one of the crank callers calling in the show. But anyway, 205-448-1358. Nobody to call in right here. We grab this call. You're live on the show. What's going on? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from?
12: What's going on, Steve? Elijah here. How you doing, man?
0: My man from Jersey. What's going on, Elijah?
12: I'm good, bro. Can't complain. You know, just a Monday. Tuning into the show. You know, um... I, I see some of the topics that you got going on with that Eli Rick situation. You know, it, it's a shocker, but, you know, it's not like he's the first or he will be the last to do this. Not saying that it's, it's something that's acceptable, but, you know, with the way the world going on now and these kids and marijuana's being legalized, you're going to start running into more and more of this, this problem. Um you know, it's, that's just the thing now. A lot of these young kids love to smoke. Uh, they, they, it's legalized now. So what are we dealing with here? We're dealing with 18-, 19-year-old kids. Hey, this is their thing to do. Uh, bad decision, but I don't think you should nail the guy to the cross for it. You know, uh, talk to him, let him do what he has to do to get back into good graces on the team, and uh, move on from there. Um, I really wanted to talk to you and touch down, uh, touch on the subject of, you know, the NFL draft. Um, I think last week, me and you, we were chopping it up a little bit about it. And I just feel like some of these guys, they needed another year. Um, I, I had a conversation over the weekend with a friend and I said, when, when, you got, when you're considering yourself for the NFL draft, it's not like, oh, okay, um, I'm trying to get a starting spot on a team. Like, you're not just competing against people that went to Alabama. You're competing against everybody in the NCAA, you know. And, and where do you, you fit in in that scenario? You know, are you one of the top players in the country? Um, and, and to be honest, like, I looked at a guy like Slade Bolden, And you made a great point. Was it better for him to get up out of there because his playing time might be diminished? Yeah, he could have thought like that. But, Steve, let's be honest. Slade Bolden had nowhere near the stats to go into the league. He should have just came back wherever he he fit in in this team, whether he played behind Jojo Earl, Christian Story, whoever it is. Take his chances. I mean, his best bet was getting drafted in the seventh round to the New England Patriots. If if that's, you know, your best chances, come on, man. You you know you got to come back. I I was also not fond of Christopher Allen. Christopher Allen, let's be honest, he had a a great year the other year. He he started off that first game versus Miami. he, He looked amazing. But you just can't take your chances going to the NFL, playing against people that have a full season, a full body of work, and you gonna come out and try to try to go to the league based off of one game and you've been out for the whole year? You know, I understand people like Chris, Chris Owens and things like that, but it's just some... Another one, Joe. Like, Joe, you didn't have... You didn't dominate in the college. So... What makes you think you're ready for that next level? I wasn't even, I wasn't even a fan of Jalen Armour Davis coming out like that. Um, I feel his game still needs to be polished. God bless. You know, he got drafted. Bless the luck to the young man. But I just feel like sometimes football now is turning into NCAA basketball. Guys is just coming out. You know, their games ain't polished. Um, it, it's not Chris. They just, you know what? I had a decent year this year. I was on a national ch- championship team. Let me take my chances and go into the league. And I'm glad these guys are getting picked up as free agents. Let's hey, see, man, these guys have lost a ton of money. You know, somebody like Chris Allen could have came back next year and, and and started, not over Will Anderson, but he could have played over Dallas Turner. You know, Christopher Allen's a beast, so. He could have came back next year. If he had a healthy year, this guy could have been a second-round pick. And now he's going as an undrafted free agent. Like, they lost a lot of money. I, I just want to see kids get the most out of college, get, the, get their games crisp. And if, you could, if your game is crisp when you're a junior, go on to the league. Go. You know, go get that money. You got nothing else to prove.
4: But when you got a
12: lot to work on, then come back that last year. Get your game on point. Create, like they say, like Saban says, create value for yourself. And then go on to the league and get that money, man. You know, I just hate to see a lot of these guys go undrafted because a lot of times look how it turned out. You know, they end up getting cut. They end up making a practice squad. And, and then they sometimes don't go away. You know, it's a few that make it, but it's a lot that don't. But um, I just wanted to vent, man. I, I just hate seeing that for, for guys when they could have took – the opportunity to have one more year and, and skyrocketed their career and, and been a second round picking and, and really put themselves and their family into in, in a position where they can take care of their family and, and don't have to worry about nothing. But um, uh, once again, Steve, man, I appreciate you taking my call.
0: Absolutely, Elijah from Jersey with some with some big thoughts there, and uh, I, I share the same sentiment where. You want to see these athletes in the best situation where you have your game right, you have your game polished, you make sure you have every box checked, you leave no stone left unturned. But sometimes a lot of these guys, they listen to, the agents out there they listen to friends and listen to certain family members that may say hey you're ready now go get the money now you're prepared now you're polished now and even in that player deep down they feel like I'm not ready but, but because they're listening to all of these different voices saying go now you jump out there and go now you're not quite ready and then you, you land up in the situation that you land in but at the end of the day, you do want to see all of these young men have that success. But we take this call here. You're live on the show. What's going on? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from.
10: Hey, Steven. This is Tim. I'm calling. I'm originally from Birmingham, but I live in Atlanta now. And What's going I just on, want Tim? To, uh, hey, nothing much, man. Uh, road time for for life. Uh, I just had two, two questions. Well, really one question, and I wanted to comment on the Eli Rick situation. Basically, um, you know, the guy made a bad decision. Um, like, like you said, we, we, we're trying to figure out how Nick is going to handle it, which, you know, I guess he'll do the best thing for the guy, the young guy. But my, the only thing I had to say about that was, um, you know, teenagers these days, they make decis- bad decisions, Some good. Um, you know, we both were teenagers at one time, and we made some bad decisions, but we, you know, overcame them. The, the, the thing that kind of got to me was he was speeding with no insurance. Uh, I feel like he should have known better, you know, especially since what happened to Henry Ruggs. Uh, a lot of people commented on my my, my um, comment I put in your, in your chat saying that, you know, that's, this is different and Ruggs was drinking and this and that, but still, the fact of the matter is he was speeding and he had no insurance. Now, that to me was something that I mean, you know, you, you've got to have common sense when it comes to things like that. And I me mean, personally, I know Louisiana police do not play, <laughs> you know. So, like I said before, he, he made a bad decision. So, we'll see how Nick handled that situation. The other question I had for you was, how do you feel about the draft where it seems like, you know, I'm, I'm just strictly talking about the first, second-round players. Uh, seems like the majority of the Bama players went to these scrub teams, you know, and I, I just thought that was kind of funny that they all went to teams that, you know, Houston Texans, uh, other teams like that. How do you feel about that?
0: I felt like, I thought Evan Neal into a good fit. Now, the Giants have not been into the Super Bowl in, in, in a minute, but Brian Dable is the coach there, Brian Dable is the coach there, the Giants feel very good about him. Jamison Williams was the one weird one to me, because it, it was built up that the Eagles were going to take him, that it was built up that Philadelphia was going to draft him, and then when they made the move to get A.J. Brown in a trade from the Titans and they allowed the Lions to trade up to pick 12 to get j that one was the only one that had me go, what the world is that? But everybody else I thought went to a very good fit. The, the j- J-Mo to Detroit, and God bless him. I hope he does well in Detroit.
10: But that one was the only one that was weird. Right. I agree. I totally agree with that one.
0: That was the only one that was weird. Appreciate that call right there, my man uh, Tim, right there calling in from uh, uh, calling in from Atlanta, right there. But yeah, that that was the only one that was weird to me. J Mo to Detroit because Philly had it built up the whole week that they were going to take him. but It is what it is. Guys, shout out my man Jimmy the Bad Man Clay walking in here. Let's see what Jimmy Clay dropped in here with that 50 piece, that $50 donation, and Jimmy came back with another $50. So $100 here from my man Jimmy Clay, and then my man Lionel Harris, L. Bug on the track there with that $4.99 in the Super Chats. So appreciate Jimmy Clay and Lionel showing love here to the show. So we go to the quick topic here, and this was the story that was happening in the middle of day two of the draft, and that being one Jordan Addison, the receiver from Pittsburgh, from the Pitt Panthers, Addison, who was the Fred Blitnikoff Award winner this past season, 100 catches for 1,593 yards, 18 total touchdowns, 17 touchdown receptions. He was the big reason why Kenny Pickett was drafted from the Panthers to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the news is uh, Addison is mulling a transfer move here. And uh, the big, the reason behind the transfer um, rumors going on with Addison is over NIL opportunities. And this was being talked about by several big-name people of national media when you discuss Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports, uh, Pete Thamel of ESPN, Danny Connell was throwing some information out there. Uh, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette threw information out there. Like Quite a few big vetted people were throwing information out there concerning these rumors here on one Jordan Addison. Now, the uh, number one place that is being projected for him to go to is if he hops in the portal, that being uh, USC with Lincoln Riley and King of Williams. Now, if that happens and you got all of this tampering stuff going on, people yelling, they tamper and they tamper and they messing with stuff, they tamper and all of that conversation is being thrown out there. But there was also the, the, the idea of does Coach Saban uh, in Alabama test the waters in getting Addison? Now, I. Don't see this happening just due to you have Tyler Harrell, you have Jermaine Burton, you have you know the young guys that are growing in your program, your Christian Leary's, your JoJo Earl's, your Kendrick Law's, your Aaron Anderson's, your Tyu jones Bales, your Corey is You got guys coming in the summer with Isaiah Bond and Kobe Prentice and Shaz Preston. But, but I look at also... The trust that Saban wants to give in Treshawn Holden and possibly being a guy that can step up and take that next step there. So I don't see Alabama pursuing Jordan Addison, but if it was to happen, I would not be shocked. I would not be surprised just seeing how... This is clearly gonna be the final year of Bryce Young as a quarterback in Alabama this coming season. So I could see a situation where Saban is trying to stack all of the deck full of talent where Bryce Young can really bong off, ball out, can really go off, can possibly be the first two-time Heisman trophy winner since Archie Griffin did it at Ohio State 1974 and 1975 and go off to the NFL drafts, so a first as a number one overall pick. I mean, I can see Coach Saban doing that for Bryce. But at the same time, I just don't see a situation where he goes into that, goes and, and pursues Jordan Addison, though Mr. Addison is a very uh, talented, good wide receiver. But we'll, we'll see what happens there. But, folks, we're going to take our final break here on the show because when we get back, we will recap the NFL draft and my thoughts from it for those of you who who did not get a chance to watch the event over the weekend. Don't touch that down. You're listening to In My Own Words. We're coming back.
1: Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama.
0: And we are back in here, folks, from the break on a Monday. Getting that work. Week started off for you correctly. to show up in the streets. Number one form for Bama. Football news in my own words, yours truly. Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama magazine. Appreciate the support coming from all of you. Before we get into the final topic of conversation, gotta remind you of tdaware.com. That's tdaware.com. So for all of your swagger, sauce, drip, clothing, cultural, fashion needs here, we got you right here, TDA. Wear.com uh, where you can rock your gear. You can rock your team. You can rock your program. That'll be in the Crimson Tide and get yourself set up with gear for summer workouts, gear for fall camp, gear for the upcoming season here in the fall. TDAWare.com. Do your shopping right there. That's TDA where.com check out the link in the description show that support for coach saban university of alabama the student athletes and us here at touchdown alabama magazine but for those of you that were not able to check out the draft because there were several of you as fans and were all over social media how the draft was where did the bama boys go didn't get a chance to watch the draft anybody got a recap what happened in the draft so here we go this is the recap here of what took place over the weekend in the draft where Bama football is concerned. Now, prior to this draft, since 2009, Coach Saban had put 106 players in the draft, including 39 first-round picks. After this draft, Coach Saban with 113 players in the draft since 2009, 41 as first-round picks. So, your first rounders, Evan Neal, offensive tackle, went to the New York Football Giants at number seven overall. He joins up with Brian Dable. Uh, the giants looking to the Giants have their foundational offensive tackle for years to come uh, to help with one Daniel Jones at quarterback, getting him to pop off, develop, and be great. So at number seven overall, Evan Neal to the Giants at number twelve overall. In the first round, Jamison Williams to the Detroit Lions, going to Motown, Ford Field. This was weird to me because so many people had JMO pegged for the Eagles. But the good news is, even with the injury, Williams still went in the top 15. And uh, you've got Emron, you got Emron Saint Brown with. The, with the with the Lions. The, the Lions have some pretty decent pieces. There. They have some good pieces there. And Jarrett Goff at quarterback. If Jarrett Goff can pan out there for the Lions, and, and if Jamo is able to hit the ground running once training camp comes in and the season comes in, coming off the uh, the ACL, then I think Jamo will be just fine. Went number 12 overall there, too the Detroit Lions. Now, in the second round, you had John Mechie, number 44 overall to the Houston Texans. This was a good pick for Lovey Smith in Houston. Davis Mills, rookie year, quarterback of Stanford this past season, played really well. Now you get him a really good weapon, and Mechie catches the ball well, runs clean routes, good blocker, very proficient. Last season, 96 catches, 1,142 yards, eight touchdowns. Good fit there in Houston, like Mechie there with the Texans. Another second-rounder was big for Darian Mathis, number 47 overall. to The Washington Commanders, he joins Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, his two big brothers, two Alabama greats. And what was funny was Ron Rivera – Commander's head coach picks up the phone to call Big Phil, and Big Phil and his family were celebrating so hard that they left Ron Rivera on hold. I mean, Coach Ron was like, hello, Big Phil? Hello, Phil? Phil, you there? Hello, Phil? Like, Phil was going in. Like, he was celebrating hard, but they got drafted by the Commanders, and I think Phil is going to have an outstanding career right there. As we move on now to the third round, recapping the draft, Christian Harris came off the boards at number 75 to the Houston Texans. Texans got two Bama guys. And for Christian, the raw emotion, crying and just overwhelming with joy because a lot of pundits had him going as a second rounder. He fell to the third round but fell to a really good fit there with Coach Lovey Smith in Houston. Remember, Christian Harris is in high school He was a defensive back. Never played linebacker before, but was a defensive back. So when he got to Alabama, he had to learn a whole new position and did the very best he could. Did a pretty good job there. I mean, this past season, Christian Harris had 79 tackles, uh, had five and a half sacks, got out for the quarterback, made some big plays, broke up passes the last five games of the season for Alabama. He really came on strong. Had a 4-4-4 four, four, four in the 40-yard dash. The combine, I think Christian Harris is going to excel in Houston. The other third-round pick, you got to go with Brian Robinson, B-Rob, at number 98 overall to the Washington Commanders. And for B-Rob, waited his time homegrown tuscaloosa native came out of hillcrest high school of alabama highway 69 south as a four star in the 2017 class he could have chosen to go anywhere stayed at home in tuscaloosa waited behind four dudes damian harris Bo scarborough josh jacobs naji harris didn't bite his tongue waited his time and when his moment came this past season, 1,343 yards rushing, 14 touchdowns. Just an incredible job. Incredible job by b Robin. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does in his NFL career with the Commanders. And then last but not least, Jalen Armour Davis at pick number 119 in the fourth round of the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, John Harbaugh just continues to do it, right? He continues to find those gems in the mid-round of the draft. And uh, Armour Davis teams up with uh, Marlon Humphrey and you got Slade Bolden over there as well in Baltimore. And J.A.D. had three interceptions a season ago. So those were the seven guys that got picked up there that got drafted. Uh, coming from the University of Alabama to the next level. But as always, Bama Nation, you want the best in news, notes, information, and coverage on your favorite program, you can get this by accessing the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. You download the app from the iPhone App Store if you're rocking Team Apple, Google Play Store if you got the Android phone. Now, for your audio needs, check us out iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Overcast.fm, Google Play, or iHeartRadio. If the good and gracious Lord sees fit, I shall return on Wednesday, continuing the conversation that is Bama football. Remember, Tide fans, you can purchase. You can do this. You can purchase individual copies of Touchdown Alabama magazine. Have those sent to your door. That link will be found in the description. Also, if you're trying to get the fresh edition, print edition of TDA the magazine, you go to touchdownalabama.com. And you click join and become a member or a subscriber today that link in the description as well if you're trying to get your hands on the four finger bling necklace four finger bling jewelry courtesy of our guys that we own the fourth quarter that link in the description too appreciate all of you guys the family for your texts for your donations for your calls for your chats for making this your show your network channel platform in space too talk Bama appreciate my man John Ivory in the production studio putting up with myself and my crazy antics appreciate it John doing what you do and till next time folks husbands Love your wives. Wives, appreciate value. Those husbands, children, continue doing the right thing. Fun thing, smart thing, good thing, legitimate thing to not be bored. School almost out for the summer. Continue getting those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. You protect yourself. You protect the loved ones around you. Till next time, folks. I'm your man, Stephen M. Smith. You've been listening to In My Own Words. See you guys Wednesday.